This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. guys welcome back to your weekly stoke city podcast every step along the way this week we'll discuss the loss versus middlesbrough discuss the final game of the season versus coventry and as always we'll discuss this week's hot topics from around the club okay then so the uh, the season is very much marching on um, and we're almost at the end of our first season of the pod so um the permanent fixtures at least for now until i decide to replace them um is uh, as andy and of course dan uh dan how's your week been mate you been okay uh, you want to replace me oh. <laughs> <laughs> i don't know we'll see uh, how we'll uh... see how well you behaved seeing the advert I put out for a new main main presenter. <laughs> well, I'd like to know what you're paying them, mate, because I didn't gain naff all at the minute. You gain prestige from being associated with such a prestigious podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, we are officially what? What was it? Down? We said in the top 100 football podcasts, I think, at the minute, and. Uh, well, I think we're number number one on Stoke City podcasts at the minute, so we'll we'll take that, won't we? Yes, it's uh, interesting. Yes, it can't go any higher than number one. There's <laughs> on, on the way down from here, mate. <laughs> yeah. Oh, don't, don't worry. We, people might think we we can't stick much lower, but we probably can. <laughs> There's yeah, a long way time. we we'll, can go we'll, now. We'll try. One slipped comment, one mention of Christmas trees, we shouldn't do. That's an inside joke. Um, and only a couple of people know what I mean. And uh, yeah. Uh, Tell anyway. you <laughs> no, trust me, it's not. Um, anyway, uh, yeah, thanks, Dan. Always good. Uh, Andy, how's your week been, mate? You've not, I mean, wasn't there some dodgy story at work about turning up three hours early? Yeah, that happened today for training, <laughs> and I got my times wrong. But in good news, you know how it's a new football, a new week. I had Nick Pope today, so, you know, can't go wrong. There's probably, I can't think of any reason why he's in Stoke. I don't think he's out oh, of contract. You know, mate, we won't be able to afford him, probably. We need a new striker. <laughs> <laughs> he's got the height. Is it Nick Pope, oh, not Tom Pope? <laughs> oh, oh, God, yeah. That. There you go. This, this, is, this is what you get for bloody 12 minutes past 10 at night, mate, when you had a long day. <laughs> Blame Bloody that on Real yeah. Madrid scoring two in extra time. You know, see, you know what I said the other week when we should have taken some um, some moments throughout the season and saved them for like a... A, a whoops moment or a, a bit of a montage at the That's end of the season. This is 
exactly what I mean. So <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna keep it in the pod. I'm not gonna edit this out uh, because I just yeah, it was just ridiculous. So uh, why not? It shows that we're, we're all human at the end of the day. Um, <laughs> but still, maybe he wants to to come and play for us. Um, anyway, yes. So let's get on to uh, the first part. Obviously, Middlesbrough. Um, I'm not going to claim to see all the match because I certainly didn't. Um, Andy, as always, mate, you're a permanent fixture in every stadium in the country. Um, what did you think of the game, mate? Well, for the first about 20 minutes or so, we were good. Middlesbrough couldn't really get on top of us. And we were, I was starting to feel confident against them. Obviously, Middlesbrough need that playoff place and we've strengthened that for them. But after that 20-minute mark, I don't know what happened or what someone had said but everything just fell apart because after 20 minutes and 21st minute, Matt Crook scored a goal and then 24 minutes in, Tommy Smith gives away a foul and then it's crossed in. It would have gone in anyway, but then Lewis Baker's done his only bad thing for the club so far by scoring an own goal. And then second half came about and we bought on, uh, I believe it was Varancic and Fletcher or Varancic and Powell off the bench. And it was one of them where it was... You know, it's good to see the substitutions getting made early, but Bidet shouldn't have been a striker from the start. And he's more of a winger, as we know. Yeah, we've seen him play mm. down the middle, but after what Madger's been doing, I know he picked up a knock, and people have been slating Madger for how he's performed, and you can now see what type of player we're missing. And it's I know it's not as big as a Joe Allen situation where people finally realise the quality we're missing, but without Madger... That control up front with him and Brown is just completely taken out of the game. Yeah, and I, th- I think um, one thing I've noticed as well, mate, with the subs, it seems to me every week it's always Mario and Fletcher. They always seem to be the the two go to players. So for me, it says as well we've got probably a, a lack of what the manager deems quality options to come on and change a game as well. Um, and I hope, you know, obviously, hopefully that will change next season. It certainly will be a big turnaround. So wouldn't be surprised if if it does. But d- did anyone cover themselves any glory? Obviously, you know, Nick Nick Powell, of course, you know, obviously scores a goal. But did he do much other than that? I mean, what what, what well, was there any standout players? Uh, well, obviously, we've mentioned Powell. He was running up and down. He was playing more of the winger than anything. And it was sort of nice to see him playing out wide, but it's obviously not his traditional role that he plays. And yeah, he's always been the player that we know he can. And I know he's only had a little knock, but he already looks like he's back to full fitness. Obviously, he's been playing with the 23s. Even though Bacon seed known goal, that was pretty much the only thing that he did throughout the game. Timon couldn't really get anywhere. Brown wasn't as clinical as he normally is. And I'd even go as far as saying Jagielka wasn't as great as we think just from that one game. But throughout the season, when he's been here, he's been great. Bursic, I know people are going to slate him, but if it was in Bonham and goal, it would have been the same goals conceded. And going on about the things you make about substitutes, the other other players on the bench you could have brought on were DiMaggio, Wright, Phillips, and two players that no one wants to see come on the pitch, Chester and Klukas. Christ, Chester. Oh, dear me. Okay, we're not going to go down the Chester route. We've done that one today. <laughs> We've done that this season. Yeah, really have. But again, though, doesn't it just show? I've said that. I've definitely said this last week. I think I've said it previously as well. But um, I mean, again, inconsistency um, this season. It's just, it's just typical Stoke. And again, I don't think we're particularly unique to this. I think we've had certainly probably our. 
our fair share of um, of inconsistency, obviously, as we've all known. But it just shows how bad Middlesbrough were. Um, on, I can't remember who they were playing now. I watched them on TV and they were dreadful at home. Absolutely dreadful. And you would question how they're even near the top 10, never mind anything else. So, yeah, you see them at that. And then, obviously, we are on good form. I think we'd won five and seven. You know, everything's looking good. And we go there and we put in, a, again, an inept performance. Um, and I noticed one thing, Dan. Um, it There was a lot of knives out again for O'Neill very, very quickly. I noticed for the previous five, six weeks before that, didn't see any of it. Um, you know, we lose one game in the back again. I mean, don't get me wrong, everyone's entitled to their opinions, but it's literally, it's like a bit like the Joe Allen thing, waiting for Allen to make a mistake so they can slate him. It feels the same batch of people uh, that are constantly jumping on the uh, O'Neill out brigade. I mean, I, I could be, you know, speaking out of turn here, mate, but um, did you see the same thing as me? Well, yeah, I think there's some people, I think we said a few weeks ago that there's a lot of people now who are literally just waiting for that one defeat. As soon as that one defeat comes, regardless of what's gone before it, they'll be straight on the back of him. And they've nailed their colours to the mast that strongly that they can't, that they don't want to, you know, they can't turn, turn back now. They've got to stick with what they've said because they've, They've gone so hard on on this on that sort of uh, you know on, on mon out kind of thing. They've gone so hard and so deep on it that they can't they can't now um, change the mind really, or they feel they can't. Yeah, so I mean, if we get to obviously the January period, and you know O'Neill's had a, a good couple of signings, is I don't know we're top five places, bit like, bit like this season. Um, surely at that point, then if it goes on to be a good season, they can't just turn around and go. O'Neill out now. See what he does in the summer. If he cocks up next season, he's gone. And for me, I, you know, you know, we're all quite pro uh, pro O'Neill, aren't we? Like, let's be honest on here. If he doesn't get us into that top six next season, for me, he's out as well. I, I'm in the out brigade, but I still think he needs to be given a chance. So yeah, again, as I said, very very long winded, but it, it just it's just an inconsistent and crap division um, that I just want to see where where we go next season. Do, do you know what it's, the, the frustrating thing you can see developing is the real big split in the fan base, very similar to, to when Tony Pulis was in charge when we were in the championship. And there was those people who sort of, you know, he could do no wrong in some people's eyes, could he, you know, first time round. And then there was others who, you know, couldn't, weren't willing to sort of put up with the style of football that he played and that. And they were literally like fans, like a war with each other over it, and and it divided, divided the you know the support right down the middle, and that never really went for a lot of people. I think no. the ones who disliked Pulis were quieter as his, the success came, but they were still quite happy to sort of jump on the on the. Uh, you know, a bad run of form. It was, they were quite happy to tell us how crap the football was, kind of thing. Um, Do you think though we're no special to any other club? Though are we? I'm, I'm pretty sure every club oh, yeah, has yeah. the same scenario. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because the thing, the thing is, everyone's entitled to their opinion. No one's saying that you you are wrong for thinking this. You're saying that you know we think something different. That's all. <laughs> yeah. Um, exactly. Yeah. Everyone, like I say, everyone's entitled to their own opinion and they'll have their own reasons why they feel the way they do. Um, 
you know, I'm quite happy to take you know, things into account like you know the injuries and the key players, how long they were, and and you know he's, he's had a lot of disruption during his time. Um, I can see some things that people say. I can see like you know the budgets of other clubs, but I think there are look at Barnsley. Barnsley were in the playoffs last season. They've been relegated stone bottom of the league this year. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know that was a flash in the pan. You know, if, if Luton don't go up this year, it'd be interesting. How are they going to get on next season? It's You don't know, do you? But um... No. There's a lot of elements to O'Neill's game that I do agree with them on, and that is the the constant switching and changing of players. Now, he might have a very justified reason. Yeah, it could be, it could be injuries. It could be, you know, it, it could be a number of things. But he's he has got to get away from the four, five signing, you know, changing around every single week. I think he's eased off a little bit in recent times, but we can't be doing that next season. I remember this is obviously a different level, but I remember when Leicester won the won the obviously the Premier League. Uh, they they did that with a pretty consistent team. Yes, they got a bit lucky with lack of injuries, uh, but still they had a pretty consistent team. And I think in any team in any division, if you keep a team together constantly or as much as you can you're going to be more successful than, than not. Um, so I think we need to have a good summer. We know, and we've talked about this already, to the extent of what we're going to have to do this summer. But if we can get a solid team, keep them together, for once keep a bloody team fit, um, and then hopefully we get some consistency. Because I, I think that, by and large, could add a lot of reasons as to why we've had such an inconsistent season. But, uh Yeah. Anyway, uh, don't want to dwell too long on this, but uh, man of the match, po- uh, man of the match polls. We didn't actually um, kind of put one out there uh, because it, again, quite a poor performance. We just automatically gave it to Nick Powell, didn't we? So uh, yeah, we thought Nick scored the goal. Probably one of the only ones that re- really deserved a, a proper mention. So yeah, Josh uh, Tarmid had already won it, so we weren't uh, won the player of the season, Nancy. So we weren't sort of, you know. Um, sort of fixing that vote, if you like, as it, it was only a bit of pride for everyone else on the day to play for. And whilst he didn't play with much pride, we didn't want to give him the pride of it. <laughs> no, we knew no, that the award wasn't there. That's why they weren't doing it. Yeah, exactly, mate. I mean, you know, it's one of them. I think they obviously all listen to the pod every single week, and you know, it's, it's clearly played in, in in the dressing room before they go out. You know, and I, I tell you what, a bloody hope it doesn't. Christ, they'll all be jumping jumping in the showers thinking, "Stop this!" So, where do these gits sit in the stadium again? <laughs> just, just kick a ball. You know, you know when you're having a shot, just pretend it was a bad shot and kick them in the head. Yeah, let's see it coming. If you see, um, uh, any, go on. see Sam Lucas. Uh, deciding to give some give the V's to the family stand after he scored, you know he's found us. <laughs> Christ, it'd be interesting to see if uh, again what team actually plays, and we'll get onto it in a bit actually. But it'd be interesting to see what team plays now because there's a few, well, there's a large amount of them who are not going to be here next season. So maybe he will give Fletcher on out. He'll give Klukas a start. I mean, we're talking starting places. Um, see if there's any sentiment in, in this weekend. Um, anyway. Unless you've got anything else to add, I think we're pretty much done on the whole uh, Middlesbrough side of things, if, if you're both happy. I'm happy with that. Yeah, good, cool. Um, so very quickly, before we move on to obviously all the kind of news slash 
you know topics of interest shall we call them this week um so just a bit of a reminder so thank you to um everyone who completed uh the survey for us um in the last week so if you did miss uh, last week's pod basically we've put a pod out um i say mentioned around kind of the 30 pounds worth of vouchers that you can you can win effectively so we want to try and help shape the podcast next season so all three of us have got different ideas on what we want to do it's nothing dramatic um but we wanted to try and get your input so literally this survey takes about 30 seconds to do uh, a maximum of a minute or so if you want to add any comments which is optional um but basically yeah if you just uh, go on to our twitter feed you'll see it pinned at the top or if you go on to um the uh, the facebook groups you'll be able to see it on there so if you can just fill that in for us um if you want to be included in the the 30 quid draw uh, on the last section just put in your details on there twitter handle etc um and then we'll randomly select one in due course so that is pretty much it for, for this particular section let's talk about the hot topics from the last week Okay, okay then. So um, a few things to discuss this week. Uh, so we've got, um, firstly, this probably best place to start, actually, uh, quite a, a senior appointment at the club. So a new COO is set to join, and it's been rumoured to be uh, none other than West Brom's COO, Simon King. Uh, now, Simon obviously is going to be replacing Tony Scholes, as we all know. Um, and I mean, I don't know about you guys. I didn't know much about the guy. I think I might have heard his name mentioned maybe sometime in the past i could be just imagining that but um i don't i don't claim to know anything about the guy uh, i know he was quite successful i think for west brom in terms of their obviously you know they just raising money for the club but i mean did you, either of you have any clue who he was other than that none whatsoever <laughs> i know Apart he brought from, like the boiler to west brom i was just gonna start yeah exactly gonna I, I don't want to see a boiler running around the bet 365 you know before kickoff <laughs> If that hashtag, happens. Hashtag save Potamus. <laughs> well, you know, I was I was talking about this. Uh, you may, may remember. Actually, no. Sorry, it was in the supporters council um, chat we were having. So I mentioned about you know if if, if we could have an O'Neill inspired um, um, mascot, what would it be? Uh, for for me, I think it would be the um, uh, a pint of Guinness. I think that'd be a good one. Uh, you know, it, to, to tie in with the song, obviously. Uh, what kind of um, I know you're going to say whiskey now. Uh, can you think of any other imaginative um, mascots you could think we could have? You could uh, have a red nose, related? couldn't you? Because he's got a, he's got he's got the shine of red on his nose. So or he, a big or you red could have nose. Something saying okay. game for the way he says game, just the way that <laughs> the way you pronounce it, you can have it as spelling. The poor bloke. I mean, my wife's <laughs> picked him up on. I know he says game as well. Uh, Dan, have you got any inspiring mascots? <sighs> no. <laughs> no, we've, kind of, we've kind of taken them all away from you, I think, there with those selections, yeah. the, the obvious ones. Um, okay, well, anyway, we're not talking about mascots, but yeah, sorry, a bit of a sidetrack. But um, yeah, <laughs> like, like I said, um, I, I know next to nothing about him. I mean, what will be interesting, obviously, with the whole new structure, before, I, f- I think that we obviously had a Tony Scholes was there as the punching bag, wasn't he, let's be honest. Um, now, whether you believe he deserved it or not is irrelevant you know he he was the the punching bag but i think now with the whole new structure around you know obviously the new coo is going to report into obviously the joint chairman john coates um and then obviously andy cousins is going to go as head of football operations i think chris laird's going to go as head of football administration um so it's it seems almost very much a 
a shared approach now. So it's going to be more of a, a team effort and team decisions. I mean, I'm sure it probably was to a certain extent, but um, I mean, obviously the outside view was that Tony Scholes was the one who made all the decisions, but it looks like it's going to be more of a, um, a team approach to this. So I'm, I'm intrigued to see how it's going to go. Um, I mean, I know our commercial activity, I think I saw something in the paper, it was 12 million quid, I think. Um, and it's the highest in the division. So I think we're already doing pretty well off, uh, of course, off the football pitch, um, of course. Uh, now, one yeah, thing but I'm, let's I'm be honest. Hold on. Let's be honest, a lot of that 30 million is Bet365 sponsorships. <laughs> well, yeah. And, and obviously that that's probably another topic, which I mean, we might as well cover it off. But of course, if you know, Bet365 are no longer allowed to obviously promote the, the club, I, w- I do wonder what will happen there. I'm assuming it just go out like any other, you know, any any other commercial agreement. We'll put out a, a request for you know, promoters. They'll tender what they want to do, and I guess it's just a standard process. Uh, I was trying to think the other day about how they could get around it, um, but I guess other than a rebrand, which they're obviously not going to do, um, I don't really see how they can get around that. Do you? No, not no. It's uh, it's going to be a difficult one, isn't it? Because You've still got people as well. I think the thing with football stadiums as well, I mean, the shirt sponsorship changes all the time, and that's sort of, you know, a lot of clubs and whatever change the change the sponsorships every you know, two, three seasons, some of them. Um, but the inter- the thing with the stadium is, like, people still refer to it now as the Brit. Yeah, I do. Britannia. Yeah. So you wonder what's actually in it. And the thing as well, whilst you're in the championship, how appealing is that to to companies? Do you know what I mean to to sponsor the stadium and whatever? You know, for local companies, you see like you know, um, Franklin that do they do a stand, don't they? And the the um, obviously the university sponsor the booth end and that. And you think that's obviously good for them, you know, for at a stand level. But I think you're going to struggle to get anywhere near the sums that Bet Three Six Five are probably paying for you know, for like stadium or shirt sponsorship whilst we're in this division anyway. You could rename well, it always... the Brit 365 Stadium. <laughs> <laughs> That's a way around it. <laughs> I, I, do, I do wonder, I mean, how much of that is, sponsorship in general, is how much of that is really taken into consideration. I mean, I don't go into to the stadium of Bet365 and think, oh, I'm going to gamble with Bet365. No, I gamble with w- William Hill because they offer the, uh, the better odds for me. You know, it's it's one of them. I genuinely the don't give... Yeah, of course. <laughs> uh, but I, I, don't, I don't give two hoots over who sponsors the stadium. Um, although, if we go down, I think it's Warsaw route, and we call it the Poundland Stadium, uh, whatever the hell they called it. It's Poundland something. Um, that's when I draw a line because that's just an embarrassing... That's really embarrassing. stadium coming through. Oh God! Now, I mean, again, everyone's got their own opinions. I know there's a lot of people who were absolutely peeing themselves when they saw that uh, stadium name, and I'll be honest, I was one of them to the point where I actually had to take my comment down because I was like, "Yeah, I'm getting a lot of heat here, so <laughs> I'll, take, I'll take the comment down." Uh, I shouldn't have commented; I should have just kept it in my head. Um, but it was embarrassing. Anyway, uh, that's fine. So, new COO. I think it's June the sixth. I think. He might be joining. I can't quite remember, but um, let's see if we even notice him being at the club. The only thing I hope, on a selfish perspective, um, is obviously the supporters' council. Uh, John Coke has been joining us for the last, um, I don't know, number of kind of meetings. Who's been absolutely brilliant. I'm going to be honest. He's like really open, happy to have a chat afterwards. You know, you know I'm just hoping that this new guy who comes in 
does a decent job and actually has an interest in trying to improve things for people. Um, so yeah, let's see how it goes. Um, now, next topic is the season friendlies. Uh, so next season's friendlies. And it actually goes a bit longer than this because there's not going to be any home friendlies at all uh, this coming season, obviously because of the works to the stadium. Now, obviously it's a five-year plan for the stadium. So it makes me think whether there's not going to be any home friendlies for for a few years, which let's be honest, I mean, Christ, we're crap at home. We could do with all the home friendlies we can get our hands on, to be honest. Um, so, I mean, I mean, do you guys read much into this? I mean, do you think it really matters whether we have a friendly at home in Northern Ireland or wherever? I think I'd be going to all of them anyway, wouldn't I? So for me, it doesn't really matter. But for maybe fans who are getting into their first year of supporting, it might seem like a loss that they can't have a look at, you know, the ground that they've got before what's coming through or see what the team's potentially going to be performing like before the season actually kicks off. So do you think it's going to be down to Stoke actually having a decent streaming service then to get these away games? It will or have a to service be of some kind. Because it's going to be, I don't want to mention the word, but during that time, obviously, they had a good streaming service and it was available to anyone. And if they can sort of get something like that, you know, just for the preseason, because it's not throughout the season going on, there's there's got to be a way through it. Yeah, it, there has, mate. And I know, obviously, like with, with with streaming, I'm sure it's not as simple as just to chuck a camera on and press record. I'm sure it's a bit more complex than that. But, <laughs> um, yeah, they, they need something. I'm, I'll, I'll give them credit. I think some of the YouTube stuff they've been doing recently, from an media perspective, has definitely been better because I think it's been pretty shoddy at some times this season, to be honest. Um, so I think they're definitely improving. We've we've talked about under 23s and stuff like that needing more coverage. Uh, that's obvious for everybody to see. Um, but I think it's been better. So I mean, Dan, for you, I mean, do you ever pay too much actually interest in the friendlies? Do you, do you care whether we play well, win five nil, or lose five nil? Does that make any difference to you personally? Uh, not particularly. Like more about the performance. I like to see uh, who's playing as well, really. You know, who's getting game time, who are they having a look at, who, you know, what, um, who's playing in what positions, what are they trying out, just so that you obviously when the season starts and that you know, oh, yeah, they tested him out right back in pre season, or, oh, yeah, you know, they, they, these, these uh, under 23 players were given decent game time, or, you know, it just sort of prepares you as to what, what the manager's sort of thinking, doesn't it? It's ready for the season. The first couple are probably all about fitness, and then the longer it goes on, the more it gets to be about um, preparing for this for that first few games of the season, that first you know, that first month where they sort of come thick and fast, don't they? Yeah, yeah, absolutely, man. I think even if they can get a stream on it, you know, charge people a quid and give that money to it to the Don Louise Trust or whatever well, charity they want to do. I'm not being funny, right? But there's a lot of clubs in this division who. You obviously we rely on sort of I follow, don't we, for our sort of you know when when the Stoke fans are abroad, you want to watch them actually and that. Yeah. And you know, I know like Derby have got their own channel, Sheffield United have got their own channel. There's there's loads of clubs. Bristol City have got their own channel. I'm sure Barnsley have got their own channel. <laughs> and, and do you know what I mean? And so it, it but it just makes it a more personal service. You know, why can't we have one of the boxes at Stoke? when we're away from home or when we are at home, whatever, having a presenter and 
two ex Stoke players sat there, one ex Stoke player sat there, and then, you know, going through the game half an hour before kickoff. So that those, you know, those supporters abroad that feel, you know, those who are watching on on the stream or whatever, just feel a bit closer to the club then, don't they? And they're getting them, yeah. you know, rather than just waiting till five to three and then getting the Radio Stoke commentary, you know, they're getting, they're getting a bit of analysis before the game. You can tune in half an hour before, an hour before, and listen to chat, you know, maybe there's some news around us. And obviously they can keep that, you can go your Potter's TV, easy, dead easy. You can run it, just run it through the week, you know? Yeah. Live run it by the Stoke City, yeah. This is what's happened today, you know, this... Uh, meeting up with this player, spoke to this, spoke to this coach, dropped in with the fitness um, guy. You know what's going on here. You know, what, you know how would you look after these kind of injuries? Or you know, there's loads of stuff they could do to just fill the fill the um, time and space with it. Make it free for everybody on YouTube if they want. I know a lot of people do that. And then obviously, if you want the streaming side of it on a, on a match day, you'd have to pay, and obviously you'd have to be in the right sort of geographical location as well, wouldn't you? Yeah, and like I say, running through the Stoke City app because then you're pushing people to your to your product. You're pushing yeah. people to where they can buy tickets and just come get on, anything else get they on. want. Yeah, you've it's not rocket science. It's, it's other people are doing it. Small, smaller, yeah, in mm. inverted commas, football clubs and Stoke City are, are running it. So and let's be honest, mate. If if the club, I'm not, I'll use as an example, but if, if Stoke came to us and go, right, yeah, do you want to do the the warm up for 45 minutes before the game? But like, yeah, where to, uh, get, give me the box, I'll turn up. I don't I don't want any money for it. Don't pay me expenses. I'll just turn up and do it because of that. Yeah. following Stoke, it, it, it get, it's not about money, not about resources. Yeah, do you want to sit in a box and speak to I don't know Mark Steen for an hour before we play? You know, one of his former clubs or whatever. You'll be the you'll be the guest on the on that program that day. Yeah, and you can just Liam Lawrence. He's the kind of you know he's already already works for the club. <laughs> yeah, he's yeah. already there with Radio Stoke at the time. So yeah, sure. Yeah. He didn't do a lot of Radio Stoke mm. now. So if he's not with Radio Stoke, no. he, you know, he he could do some weeks with that if that's what he wants. Yeah, it's it's oh, it wouldn't take that much surely to. It, but what it does take is a bit of initiative and a bit of going out there and actually arranging it and sorting it. And whilst I follow will do it for them, I feel that they're happy, oh, well, they'll do it for us, so why should we go to the bother of doing our own version? Yeah, yeah, and yeah, I'm not going to say any more. But no, yeah, it, you're right, mate. It, it just, it feels simple. I don't know. I don't know. We, we better move on or else it'll be going to be a long pod. But I think I think we know. We, 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 you know our thoughts anyway on it. So, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see if anything ever happens. But I, I won't quite hold my breath. Um, OK, next point, which I'd be interested to see uh, your thoughts on this. So I know we typically all congregate around the, uh, the kind of family area anyway. But have you ever... I mean, you can never hear what any visiting players or guests ever say when they're on that pitch anyway. Uh, over the tannoy. I mean, it's, it's quite embarrassing, to be honest. Um, now, obviously, I know Stoke have brought in some sound engineers, I believe this week, actually, uh, to have a look at the audio um, and try and recalibrate it. Because, um, obviously, I know when we're in the, again, the supporters meeting, they mentioned that it was there. Um, it was kind of public announcements rather than entertainment. So I think, obviously, the consultants have gone in looking at the recalibration and trying to get it in a way that we can probably make it a bit better because I think some people were saying in, for example, the, the family area that it sounds fine, um, but then people in the booth and were going, it's just 
screeching dead loud, can't hear a thing. Have you guys noticed this? I think everyone must have noticed how bad the audio is in that stadium. Yeah, obviously I've sat with you two when we're in sort of the family stand and it's completely different to the booth and the comments you've said there are spot on. When it's playing, you know, quiet, upbeat music, it's all right. But as soon as John T. Sargent comes over that PA, you haven't got an idea what he's saying. You sort of have to watch the screen and lip read. Yeah, and I think they should, well, I'd say put on uh, subtitles, but yeah, I don't think they're going to be able to do that in real time. But yeah, you're right, mate. I remember Shawcross, uh, we've had a we've had a few guests over the course of the season. It's like, um, you might as well go down to the concourse at you know, half time because it does make a difference who's on the pitch. You can't tell what they're saying. Uh, so I'd be interested to see, firstly, if there's any change this Saturday, um, but just in case they've made any changes. Um, and then secondly, next season, obviously we've got all closed season to try and do this. So next season, if it's any better, because it, it is a bit embarrassing. Um, I mean, as, a, as a visiting fans, I don't really think they care to Hoots, to be honest. But if we're having a legend back or a few legends back, it'd be nice to actually hear what they've got to say. Um, so, yeah, let's hope they sort it out. It's a small thing, but I think, obviously, there's a lot of people who care about it because there's been a number of comments about it. It might uh, be a small thing, but considering I've been travelling quite a lot with Stoke throughout the season, we have got quite possibly the worst PA system going. I was about to say, so from your experience, then obviously visiting loads, I mean, you probably visited probably three quarters of the... I've visited say, 15, this, 15 this season. So, 19. No, 15 There's out of 20, out of 24, including 24. Stoke, I visited 15. So, yeah. I think the okay. only yeah. other ones which are worse than us were probably like a Peter or a Barnsley lower down than us that you would expect to not have as good sound speakers. But look at, for yeah. example, a whole city with the stadium they've got. They're not as big as a team of us, but their sound system is next to, it's just, it's top quality. Yeah, and our sound system's quite new. Do you remember, we had it put in at the back end of the, the Premier League, didn't we? So, like I said, if it is just a simple thing as they think, which is public announcements rather than entertainment side of things, hopefully it's just something they can sort out. Um, otherwise, don't bother having anyone on at half-time and don't bother having anything beforehand other than pre-recorded record, uh, audio, because it's pointless. Um, but, yeah, we'll see what it is. And, actually, while we're on the, uh, the thought of, of sound and, and, and stuff like that, um, I put a, a tweet out um, earlier on, and I'm surprised it actually got that much traction. But uh, I've got a number of comments I'll read out, but I'm going to ask you guys first um, in terms of your selections. So, obviously, the entrance music's changed a bit over the years. We've had Boys Are Back in Town, which, again, is my personal favourite. Uh, we've had, obviously, 8 Mile. But there's a number of different ones we've had. Um, and firstly, I'm going to, going to ask you to give me um, a serious uh, suggestion for next season uh, of any songs you want to see. Um, and also uh, a bit of a, a piss take, to be honest. Um, so I don't mind which one you start with, but I'm going to ask both of you. So, Mr. Daniel, I'm going to put you on the spot, mate. Give me a serious song and a jokey song for the new entrance music for next season. Yeah, so I'll go with the funny one first. I think... Uh... Angry Mob by the Kaiser Chiefs. <laughs> okay. That's quite... You're going to sing us it, mate, yeah? Give us a chorus. That we are the Angry Mob. We read the papers every day. Oh, yeah. Like you, like, like, we hate you, we hate, but we're also easily swayed. Okay, it's not exactly singing, but okay. Yeah, I'll give it. I ain't singing, it's no chance. <laughs> 
Uh, and then as for one, I think we probably could come out to maybe a bit of inspiration looking for maybe remember the name Fort Minor. Yeah, that that works. That works. Um, Andy. Well, there was two which I went for serious, and Dan's taken one of them. It's it is a good song. I'll give you that. I did put one on Twitter, but I did delete it because you know I got told off. I got a bit of a slap wrist off mic. <laughs> But um, it was the Till I Collapsed by Eminem instrumental from the start, and it's a pretty decent one, I would say. Is it going to get the blood pumping, though? It's a question. I don't think it would do as well as Remember the Name, but if you get it, because it, uh, it does sort of like a marching type thing with, you know, when they do left, right, left. Mm-hmm. If you do that as the players walk out, it could get the bu- blood pumping a little bit. And if you want to go for a bit of a jokey one, everyone takes the mick out of this. But you know the liquidator that they play at West Brom and things like that? Yeah. It would be a good laugh to just do the odd time. Like, say, for example, it's a nothing game like we've got against Coventry coming up. It would be it would just be one of those where it's a bit of a laugh to have. And we can always reserve um, something like... Uh... When Jones and and Rowett come, we could have like Judas <laughs> by Gaga, or, or you know, I'm sure there's some great ones out there as well. We can. There's got to be them. a song that says "I'm banging my chest," aren't there, or something like that <laughs> when Jonesy comes down. Yeah, and that that's your mission to now find it. Um, but yes, anyway, okay. So I'll give you my uh, my serious one, which actually I'll, I'll read some comments out in a minute. Which uh, this one was picked up, which I'm not surprised. So right here, right now, by Fatboy Slim. I thought that one would We get play that when we win normally, bit. don't we, sometimes at Stoke? Um, it's jump around a lot, though, isn't it? I think that's just yeah. crap. Um, we, but right here, right now, is at half-time into it when we come back on. I think so, but I think that would make a good entry music if you, if you like, the actual playing it up, not just the actual chorus bit, the actual build-up to it. I think yeah. that's what gets you there. So I'd say, yeah, 100% that. Maybe even some like Insomnia by Faithless. I think that might be that's potential. That's a bad show. Um, and then as a jokey, <laughs> jokey one... Um, okay, so Going Under by Evanescence <laughs> and um, I thought even better one, which is quite apt Enjoy the Silence by Depeche Mode <laughs> With our grounds been at the moment I'll give you that Yeah, I think I a good think, maybe, one. maybe we could alternate it Maybe we could just yeah. alternate it every, depending on who the opposition are just annoy them yeah. I've got one for Rowett and Jones, you know, shout out to my ex <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. that would oh, be a good brilliant. one. No, that no, there's a Twitter post. That'd you have Josh Time and Tyrese Campbell singing it to Nathan Jones as they come down. <laughs> well, the DJ obviously, the DJ obviously hasn't got a can't, can't sort of read the room a bit, can he? After what he did with the state women last week. <laughs> do, you edu- do you want to educate anybody, mate? Who missed that? Anyone who missed it? Yeah. So obviously they're on the pitch at half time. They're giving the. Um, they prayed in the the staff's uh, county cup that they'd won, and with the big leap ten nil. Talk about that. Talk about the season. How they you know secured themselves staying up for another year, and um, and as soon as they finished, I was face face their interview on the pitch. Uh, the DJ stuck the boys are back in town on. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear so God, like, mate! Come on, read the room. You had the choice of any song going. <laughs> <laughs> that was quite a man of the match performance right so I, I don't know if I can read all these out there's blinking tons of them uh, right okay so a, f- a few comments that we've had through um, 
Angry Mob, which is obviously one that you mentioned, Dan. I, I, I noticed that the the kind of um, unfair justice there. Dan, I'll let you stand and I had to tell uh, Andy to get rid of his. That's not. <laughs> That's, uh, there's favouritism going on here. Not only did um, you let, not only did you let it go, you, you liked it. <laughs> but there's also because that was a late appointment. That's why. Why did why did you time to take it down? But you you, already, you left yours on. You put yours on before. No, right? can we move on, please? Can we move? Because I only joined in January. <laughs> can, can we move on? It's still it's still in probation. Um. Anyway, so Dan Rowley said, um, I'm not going to use some of the language, unfortunately, but Oasis Swamp Song um, is one. I'm not a big Oasis fan, so I'll be honest, I don't really know that one. Um, I probably know the sound, but I don't. I just don't recognise it. Uh, it says, although, to be honest, it accepts anything other than Eminem. Can't stand it. Yeah, it's going to get a bit old. Um, Mine's <laughs> uh, out the think, window, then. I think Muzz kind of got the same opinion as me here. It's oh so quiet. <laughs> I thought that was good. <laughs> yeah, by Bobby Orkins, I think. Um, Stone Cold Steve Austin's theme tune. By Rushy, oh, different. Uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, Rupert uh, says that got to be the boys are back in town. The vintage Division Two song that gives me goosebumps. Do you remember that one? I know I mentioned it earlier, but where it was like the the countdown, like five, four. That 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 was that again was giving the just just getting the bump, blood pumping. So I, that's why it's my favourite. Um, Highway to Hell, <laughs> Michael Smith. Uh, Thunderstruck by Neil Harding, ACDC. Um, we've got have a look. Got to bring back the foos, the, the pretender, uh, along with a video montage. <laughs> um, I, I think I put another one on, but this is the place I've waited years to leave by the Pet Shop Boys. Um, let's have a look. How about don't stop believing? Don't stop believing. Yeah, yeah. I'll take, I'll take, I'll take that one. Um, I've seen Narayan <laughs> Prodigy is another one. Th- th- there's, there's been loads. I can't keep going, but you kind of get the picture. I think everyone started off serious, and all of a sudden it's like, right, how can we take the P here? Um, so thanks to everyone who uh, took the P. Um, right, okay. Before we uh, close off this section, uh, Daniel, how are the under 18s, under 23s, and women done in, in the last week, or any particular news from that camp? Well, there is. There is good news. So anyone who was on Twitter Friday night and has notifications on for us, uh, I do apologise if I drained your phone battery. Um, constantly updating on how the under-23s are getting on in their final game of the season. Uh, it was actually a Jack Griffiths double helped us beat West Brom. So like I say, final league game of the season, and that helped secure third spot and a one-legged home playoff semi-final versus Nottingham Forest. Um, so yeah, there's no date for that game yet, uh, but obviously yeah, we uh, we're going to play Nottingham Forest in the semis. It will be at home. Uh, we did beat them one nil at home uh, earlier this season. Douglas James Taylor scored that goal. That was at the Lion Valley Stadium in October. Uh, but recently, uh, last month, we did lose two nil at Forest as well. So mixed bag of results this season. But like I say, hopefully we can uh, repeat that home win when that game gets played and uh, move into the final of the playoffs this year. After obviously we lost in the playoffs last year as well, then we have to finish in second in the league. Uh, the under 18s, uh, Nathan Lowe's uh, goal wasn't enough uh, last weekend. We lost 3 1 at home to Leeds, and they end their season this Saturday. They're away at Wolves, 11 a.m. kickoff. Uh, whilst the women, obviously, with safety secured from last week's um, impressive 3 0 win. Uh, Lizzie Steele double helped them secure a final day 2 0 win over West Brom to see the club end the campaign in ninth place in the championship. 
Mm, good. And I think um, I'm pretty sure it was in the in the council minutes as well that they're going to be investing um, a lot more money in the in the women's team. I think it is next season. Speaking about beating West Brom, we've done it with the first team twice. The women have done it, and the under 23s have done it. Have the 18s done it? Yeah, off the top of my head, I'm got a clue. <laughs> well, if they have, that is just a quadruple of absolutely beating West Brom as we normally do. <laughs> I think that's why that new COO has joined us. He's had enough. <laughs> yeah. He bloody wants to start beating. It must have some bloody talent down that stoke. Doesn't matter what, where, what <laughs> out they always beat us. Even the fans know it. They keep singing. <laughs> we always beat West Brom. Even the Stoke City Twitter admin did it. Um, anyway, so I think that pretty much does it for the Hot Topics this We've gone a bit longer than we wanted to, but uh, let's look ahead anyway to obviously the final game of the season against Cop. Okay, so let's look ahead to Coventry, the final game of the season. God, that's gone very quick. Um, Dan, I'm going to come to you this week, mate, because Andy always gets first dibs. So um, would you like to enlighten us with some interesting stats for this weekend's game? Yes. So in the history of this fixture, both sides have won 29 games and there have been nine draws. So you can't get much closer than that, can you? <laughs> no. Um, however, Stoke are winless in four over Coventry since a Liam Lawrence-inspired win on their way to promotion in 2008, when he all put he put all of us uh, men to shame, didn't he? Ripping his shirt off and you know, embarrassing us all. Are. Oh, dare I don't know. <laughs> I, I look pretty pretty similar, I'd say. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <my> so, <laughs> uh, in my lifetime, so that's since 1987. You can work out all them from that. Stoke have only hosted Coventry on seven occasions, losing four times and winning three. All wins are by one goal to nil as well. That's interesting. Um, Coventry have uh, got 27 points from losing positions, which is the most in the league. Stoke have only won seven points from when they fell behind. And in the flip reverse of that, Coventry have only lost 11 points from when they have been in front, which is their fifth best record, whereas we know Stoke are 30 points lost from winning positions. Only Bristol City with 35 have lost more. Um, one amazing fact, really, is Coventry, whatever they're feeding in there, they must their, their fitness levels must be through the roof because they have scored 14 goals in second half injury time this season, which has gained them 14 points during the game. So they've wow. actually, like say, netted 14 goals after the 90 minutes has gone up. That's crazy. Um, Stoke have scored five, gaining one point. <laughs> <laughs> God, I think so, five yeah. sounds a bit excessive. I don't remember them. And what one of them was last weekend, Nick Powell. Yeah. <laughs> the only point we gained was Lewis Baker's equaliser away at Barnsley. Um, yes, so yeah, those are uh, those are my my stats and facts for the week. Well done, Mr. Daniel. Well done, uh, Andrew. Not bad, Dan. Not bad. I think he's already got the win here. Well, with their injury news, I'm going to start off that it's short and simple. Um, Liam Kelly has got um, COVID, so he might not start if his fitness isn't up to par. Uh, Matthias is also ill, um, and Matty Godden is hopefully 
hoping to come back as he has been out with a calf strain. And that's pretty much all the injury news that I can find out for them. But with the facts, um, Stoke have lost their last two league games against Coventry. And the last time we lost three in a row was between 1985 and 2002. So you can see how, how much the gap has been between the two clubs over the past. Coventry have won seven of the last 10 away league games against Stoke, where they've won 3-2 last season when they came here. Stoke haven't lost their final league match in any of the last 10 seasons, apparently. Winning seven, drawing three, and winning seven of their last eight. Coventry have won 17 league matches this season, their most at this level since 2003-2004. And the last time they won more than 17 was was in the second tier, was in 2001-2002. And Jacob Brown has scored 13 league goals this season with, um, I believe it's Martin Waghorn has scored 16. No, I've got that name wrong. It's Gokrite, so however you pronounce it, has scored 16 for Coventry. But um, the most by a Potters player in a league season since 2007-2008 is Ricardo Fuller, where he scored 15, and Liam Lawrence, where he scored 13. So Jacob Brown could go level with Liam Lawrence and even Ricardo Fuller, and even overtake him if he gets a hat-trick. Mm, good time to do it, mate. Lovely. Like... Well, oh, go on. Go for it. I was going to say, would you like, obviously this isn't stats-wise, but would you like some players who've played for both clubs? Always. Always nice, always. Is Leo Ostergaard on that list by any chance? Leo Ostergaard is on that list. Uh, we've got some big names, we've got some recent names, we've got some older names. We've got uh, Dave Ch- Bamber. Dave Bamber at you, remember him, Mike? Vaguely, mate, vaguely. I'm a, yeah. The one that instantly comes to mind is John Eustace. John Eustace, yeah. yeah. Marcus Hall. Marcus Hall, yeah. Paul Williams. Yeah. Jay Bothroyd. Mm, I know him, but I don't remember seeing him. Ian Brightwell. Neil Cutler. A couple of left-backs, Carl Dickinson and Clive Clark. I've never heard of them. <laughs> <laughs> never heard of Carl Dickinson ever in my life. Uh, Martin Fulop. John Gale. One that slipped by me, Bjarni Johnson. Bjarni, yeah. yeah. Richard Keogh. Kyle Lightbourne. Obviously, Coventry robbed us for half a million quid for him, didn't they? Uh, Lee, Lee Mills, uh, Rodney McDonald, Ali Pickering, Kevin Pressman, Danny Pugh, Peter Shilton, and the guy who shares his name with the referee on Saturday, Gavin Ward. Gavin Ward. Gavin Ward, yeah. God. There's well, also the last time more. he refereed. There's, there's also one more, and he will be present on Saturday at the match. Can you, any idea who it is? Does he play for Coventry or for Stoke? He doesn't necessarily play for either of them, but he will be there on Saturday. Go on, can't now. Michael O'Neill was a Coventry player. Was he? He was. Mm. I'm gonna have to fact check this. <laughs> it doesn't trust, oh, he doesn't me. trust you. It Bloody doesn't trust hell, me. mate! No, because that, I don't know who Michael O'Neill plays yet. for. Yeah, well, well I, I trust you, Dan. If that means anything, I trust you. Thank uh, you, thank Andrew, you. Uh, do do his due diligence if if he wishes. He's getting his Google yeah, ready blast. for the quiz later. Oh, he is, isn't he? Ah, he, did, he played five games for Coventry. Played for him. <laughs> I know that he bought Richard Keogh. He didn't play a single minute for us. Came to the wow. youth team. 
I'll let you off then. I'll let you off. So picky. This used to be a friendly thing. Now it's just. I know. I'm better than you. Your stats are a load of crap. Where have you pulled them from? Yeah. It's because the one that I've won, we've had no one to score it because you're away. We're supposed to be. That that's because I said that's because I said I was too bogged down doing my job. I wasn't even going bother. Well, what I would say, in all seriousness, I think you've done the pod proud, both of you, this season. Um, and mm. I do hope that everyone appreciates just you know how much effort does go into finding all these different things out. You know, obviously, trolling different sites and stuff like that. So I, I hope everyone appreciates it. Not everyone agrees with stats in football. I get it. It's, it's no problem. Uh, but we enjoy it. So we're going to carry on doing it. And um, yeah, just well done to both of you for, for this I, season. I think one- I think one thing that can be agreed is we're both very sad. Yes, you both got far too much time. <laughs> oh, I wish. <laughs> I have less time now I started working. Although down with four kids, you've you know, got much time, have you? Let's be honest. No. Um, unless you're working on a fifth, I don't know. Um, anyway, so... <laughs> <No>. <laughs> you got for punishment if you down. do, mate. Um, anyway, sw- moving swiftly on, uh, another person who has been amazing this year is Graham McGarry. Uh, Graham, I think, has not missed a single Potter's prediction um, all season, uh, I'm pretty sure. Uh, so for the last time this season, let's see what his prediction is. Will he go for a 1-0, 2-1, or maybe even surprises? Hi there, you Potters podcast people. Hello there, it's Graham McGarry back again after the international break. I hope you enjoyed your little breather from your football. This is Graham McGarry with that Potters prediction. Let's hope we get it right this weekend. Stoke City 2, Hull City 0. Stoke 1, West Brom 0. Stoke are ready to win at home. 2-0 for the Potters. Hi there, all you Potters predictors, as we get ready for that final game of the season of the Championship. Coventry City are the visitors to the Bet365, and they've had an excellent season. They've done really well. Surprised one or two clubs as well throughout the season that's just finishing. Can Stoke City pull off an excellent window at home? And possibly, you never know, if results went their way, could even make a top 10 finish. So there's all to play for because they will want to go out on a high in front of the passionate home supporters and they've had one or two indifferent results of late. So I'm going to go for a Michael O'Neill victory on this final day of the championship season for Stoke City. Plenty of goals. Stoke 3, Coventry City 2. Graham, thank you very much indeed, mate. It's good to see um, goals, goals, goals being predicted. So uh, always nice to see him. Let's hope you're right, mate. Final game of the season. Go out with a win. Um, but yeah, thanks for, for everything this season. Uh, look forward to speaking to you next. Um, and then uh, finally, we've got some audio as well from the Sky Blues Fans TV. We've got Glenn, who's uh, gone in touch with us. Um, and uh, yeah, let's have a quick listen to what he had to say as well. Hi, my name's Glenn, and I'm part of the Sky Blues Fans TV podcast team. I've been asked to give my thoughts on the upcoming game against Stoke City for Coventry City as our last game of the season and give you guys a brief overview on our season so far and Coventry City's recent form. Uh, Our recent form has been a bit sketchy. Uh, We followed up a win away at Fulham with a disappointing draw against West Brom and also a disappointing defeat at home to Huddersfield 2-1. 
where somehow Coventry City have played Huddersfield twice this season and had over 45 shots at goal and only managed to score two goals and take one point from two games, which is uh, slightly disappointing. And then the week before, we absolutely battered West Brom away from home and nearly lost the game in the last kick of the game with Ben Wilson producing a great penalty save from Grant at West Brom. So the season has kind of tailed off a bit after an electric start where we were flying um, quite near the top of the table. We went top after our defeat uh, defeat of Peterborough 3-0 at home, albeit for only a short period of time as West Brom won late on to overtake us. Um, we kind of just hit a bit of a stumbling block around the time we were supposed to play Stoke at home and um, before COVID hit, we, we missed a couple of key games that were rescheduled for later on in the season and then unfortunately injuries to key players hit us with the loss of Matty Godden due to appendicitis, um, Matt, uh, Mar- Martin Waghorn also picked up injury and Jake Clark-Salter also picked up an injury for us. Um, I thought actually the game where we played State City at home was one of our better performances. Um, we played quite well, um, restricted State to literally not really any saves of note from the keeper. So that was a massive positive. Um, in terms of the team news for Saturday's game, um, we have a few players that are out with injuries at the moment. Ben Sheaf will miss the rest of the season due to rupturing his ankle ligaments against West Brom. Fankati Dabo is also out for the season with a hamstring injury. Uh, Matty Godden may well be fit after his calf injury. Jake Clark-Salter has returned uh, to our squad after his calf injury. And also Ian Matson should be fully fit after an illness at the weekend. Um, our club captain, Liam Kelly, may miss out due to having COVID. Um, so the, there's a few interesting team selections for Coventry City to make. Um, we have obviously brought Ben Wilson back in goal ahead of Simon Moore. Wilson played really well away at Stoke last season, making a particularly great save um, from a header from, I think it was Connor Taylor or Harry Forrester, I believe. I can't remember which one it was. Um, so that'll be an interesting dilemma, whether he sticks with Wilson or brings more back in as Wilson was at fault for the second Huddersfield goal conceding the penalty. We could see Jake Clark Salter come in possibly for Michael Rose. I'd expect to see Ian Matson come in for Jake Bidwell, possibly a wing back. There may well be a chance that a final farewell for Coventry City is given to Jody Jones. And there is a possibility that maybe Gus Hamer will be left out of the team as he's one booking away from a suspension that will be carried over to next season where he'd missed the first three games of the season. Uh, in terms of Coventry City players to look out for, the main three names were pretty predictable if you follow Coventry City um, in the press. is Callum O'Hare, who, if he could score, would be a world-beater. But once again, he missed a couple of good chances on Saturday against Huddersfield. Victor Jokeres, who I feel is possibly the best all-round striker in the Championship. He's not on the, the goal-scoring level of a Solanke or Mitrovic, but his all-round game is superb. I expect to see that he may well play up front on his own or possibly alongside Matty Godden 
um, which will obviously potentially cause Stoke some problems. And the final one, um, as a Coventry City fan, seeing he's Brazilian, he only cost a million. Gustavo Hamer, absolutely brilliant. If you give him time and space on the ball, he can pass and spray, throw the ball around the pitch beautifully. Real, real class player. Unfortunately, has a bit of a hot head, um, and if you get stuck into him, um, he is a bit of a loose cannon, but offset pieces. Uh, he's been really good for us in creating chances. Um, if I was looking at problem areas that Stoke could exploit us, I think right wing back is an issue we've had for quite a while. I think Todd Kane could be caused problems by Josh Tymon. Um, my thoughts on Stoke City, probably similar to us. I think they'll look at the teams that are in the playoffs with Huddersfield and Luton being in there and think potentially we've got as just as good a squad, if not better. Um, but obviously, I think both clubs have struggled with injuries. So um, I think both teams will probably not want to lose the game to end the season on defeat. I could probably see it being a 1-1 draw. Um, but it could surprise us. It could be another game, like the game at the end of last season where Coventry City won out 3-2 winners. Uh, I think just basically, as a Cough fan, I don't, I don't want us to end the season on the defeat. But I think a win would be good after the run of a... Basically, not many wins in the last couple of games. It'd be good to end the season on a win. That's my thoughts. You can obviously check out our match preview pod, which will be out on Thursday, uh, where we'll discuss in depth more our thoughts on the State City game. Glenn, thank you very much indeed, mate. Been an absolute pleasure again this season. So thank you for that. Um, and yeah, pretty much it sounds similar to us, mate. Start a season while fade away. So uh, yeah. We're, we're, we know that feeling well. Um, and let's move on to um, team selections uh, for this week. So, um, Andy, seeing as Dan started off the, the last round, um, I'll let you start first, mate. So give me your team selection and score prediction, please. Well, from watching, obviously, the 23s play, we've got a lot of quality in that team. We don't know when that date of the playoff is going to be, but I want to see quite a few of those 23s play. Obviously, we could play Tom Sparrow over Tommy Smith. He was absolutely electric against West Brom. It would be good to see. Have Forrester in that back line. Keep Bursic in net. Keep Jagielka in there and get Howard Bellis in that team. Keep time at your, your left wing back, left back spot. Then I'm sort of going more attacking. So I'm going back to the 4-2-3-1. I want him to change it around a bit. So win that midfield three, I'm going to go with your Baker. I know... He loves his Adam Porter, Dan does, but I don't think he's quite got enough quality to get into that first team yet. So I want to go with Baker and Allen. And just to be nice to him for the last game, let's give Klukas a little run out, give him 45 minutes. And then up top, I want to go with Brown and a DiMaggio Wright-Phillips. Okay, so DiMaggio's making it a reappearance, isn't he, mate? On the bench, I'm not putting Chester on there. But I'll have Fletcher on the bench. I'll have Maggio on there. I'll have Mario on there. I'll have Powell on there. I'll have Bidace on there. Bonham. And I wouldn't mind having a Campbell on there. So any of them on that bench, I wouldn't mind. Ty's KO'd, isn't he? He's out for the season. Which oh, yeah, is only has, one game, it? but yeah. Right. It's only one game, but he's out for I've the not season. been keeping up with the injury news at the moment. His knee's flared up, apparently. So he, can sit, he can sit on the bench. He doesn't yeah. have to come on. He can sit there. They said they've been managing since he came back. He's been managing his knee injury, and it's just playing up a bit at the minute. So they're not taking any risks. Full so preseason behind him, he'll be sound. 
Yes. I was going to say, Which, yeah. We, it's only something we've been saying for about six months. Well, to be honest, we said this when he was months away from being fit, <laughs> that it would be next season before we'd see him back on full fitness. But I think people expected a bit too much. However, he has still got five goals in 12 starts. So I don't think uh, that's Not a uh, bad too, thing. Too, shady, too shabby a record, is it? A couple yeah. of decent goals in there as well. They weren't just tappings. No, he's got that Fuller-esque one against... Birmingham, when me and Dan were blinded by. Yeah. And then there was one against Huddersfield. Right? Was it not against Huddersfield? So Peterborough, sorry, where he ran off line for the pitch. Yeah. So again, we'll, we'll take that, mate, because I think we'd all agree that Ty has been non existent really this season. Yeah. As, as I said, good goals, but he's not been not been our normal tie. So he's not been um, electric as he like he was before. No, no. And, and, and again, as, you, as you've said, anyone who thinks he was going to come back and be electric from the off probably a little bit naive but we will hope he was but i don't think anyone could really expect it but um with that in mind dan uh what's your teammate uh so joe bursic retains his place in goal i've got quite possibly the youngest goalkeeper in defense we're ever put out <laughs> uh, tom sparrow a bit similar to uh, what andy was saying there. i think he's done more than enough to get himself a run out at right wing back uh, josh timon you know, every step along the way, player of the year. <clears throat> Just saying. He, he gets in a left wing back. Uh, and I'm going to have Taylor Harwood, Bellis, uh, Ben Wilmot, and Will Forrester as the three centre halves. Uh, midfield, Joe Allen, Lewis Baker, and a debut for Pat Jarrett. I thought he played very well for the under 23 the other night. Uh, has been playing very well as well. So he can get in. Just to, you know, a bit of a reward for what they've been doing. And I think, you know, it's nice just to have a look out, throw them in, give them the experience, see how they get on. And, uh, yeah, no, no, no one's saying he's got to be first-team squad regular next year, have they? But, you know, it's just these kind of games, you can learn a lot, a lot more from playing Pat Jarrett than you would, you know, Romain Sawyers, who looks like he's going back to West Brom, for example. Uh, and up front, Josh Magic and a full senior debut for 16-year-old Emre Teskel. Yeah, it'd be nice to see some youth play, that... mate, it? because let, let's be honest as well. I mean, Coventry are playing for nothing. We're playing for nothing. This is exactly. exactly the game that you want to be playing these youth players. If Coventry were coming here hoping to win the game to get themselves in the playoffs, that's a different scenario. But yeah, nail on the head, mate. Let's, let's use this chance to... Get some youth players, bring on Fletch and Co. Uh, for a final hurrah. Um, no, and... no, 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 no. Sam Clucas and, and Stephen Fletcher, I'm pretty sure the manager gave them their final hurrah in the last home game because he think... brought them both on towards the end. And I thought at the time, the manager's looking at the last game of the season thinking oh, he wants to be maybe blooding some youngsters and looking at them. And he doesn't want to feel that he needs to give them a run out. So he's okay. done it in the last. Maybe he said to them, "This will be your last home game, whatever." Yeah, possibly, I don't know. Maybe, maybe he's not. Maybe I'm just overthinking it. But I, it just seemed a bit coincidental that Klukas came out of nowhere to get a ten minutes, and obviously Fletcher's like the eternal substitute into this season. But, <laughs> but yeah, my three subs actually. I would like to see Demarjo Rat Phillips and Jaden Philogy and Badace come on. I think I don't think there's anything wrong with looking to put them two on and I would actually like to see Tommy Simkin given 20 minutes in goal towards the end of the game as well because he looks okay. a very promising goalkeeper like I say he's only 18 bold. 
Yeah. Well, the thing that this the thing doesn't matter, does it? If he comes on and makes a mistake, does it really matter? No. Who but else are you putting as those other four four yeah, places he's, in the match? He's in England. Point? He's an England youth international. He, he's very well thought of by the club. He signed his first professional contract, committed his future there. Why not give him twenty minutes and let's you know give him a bit of experience? He then goes away into the summer, knowing, oh well, did he have that twenty minutes there? The manager thinks something of me, obviously. I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep pushing. And also, if he's once he's been out there, he's sampled the crowd, sampled the atmosphere, and maybe you know seen firsthand what championship football's about, it's going to help him with his development. And he knows what standards he's going to push for then. So it's only only positives for me if we you know use this game well wisely. Good. Okay, Who are you number four on that bench? It doesn't really matter because they're the only three that are coming on. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I don't think I'm, I, don't, I think I might have missed this, but um, you haven't given me any of your predictions, have you, both of you, for team? Uh, so school. Waiting for you to see what team you give up. Uh, I'm going to go with Dan's team. Let's move on. Just haven't got a team fair. ready. Yeah, no. T- to be honest with you, I yeah, I, I want to blood some some youngsters. I maybe wouldn't have gone so young in defence, but um, I will. Yeah, e- e- either way, I think you're a mixture of your two teams. I think uh, Dimaggio giving another run out is quite nice. Um, yeah, Bedace, I wouldn't mind giving him uh, a bit of a run out because I think he, there's a chance he could be back next season. I think. Um, I don't think he's. Pre- I don't think he's Premier League ready, is he? No, no not at all. No, but again, obviously we had a bit of a knock. So just seeing him, you know, the thought of having him, a fully fit Tyrese, you know, Baker in the middle, you know, Marcher in there. I mean, Alan, I'm pretty convinced is going to stay. Uh, I think we've got we've got potential building blocks of a really good team if we can get those back with a couple of others. So, um, yeah, so score predictions then. Andy, what are you going for? I'm going to go for a, a nice 3-1 to us. I feel like with the youth that we're playing, it will put a lot of electricity into the team. And it will it will obviously show the manager that they want to fight for their place as youngsters want to. Like, I don't think Bursic would be in the team if he wasn't showing as much as he was. Timon wouldn't be there if he wasn't trying. Brown wouldn't be there if he was trying. And if Sparrow shows that he can do it against Coventry in a championship team, why not give him a good preseason behind him? Given the first few games of the season, if we don't manage to get anyone in that right back spot, I'd be very disappointed if we don't, mate. Blinking it. Um, okay, cool. Uh, Dan, score prediction. Andy's actually stolen mine. I, I, <laughs> He's copying me of, this week. Yeah, I can't think of anything but 3 1. That's a 3 1, 3 1, 3 1. Okay. Um, yeah, so that's what I'm going for. I think I say it's going to be a nice open game. Generally, in these kind of games as well, I think. As long as the fans stay on side, usually the home team comes out victorious when neither team have got much to play for. But you usually find that's the case, don't you? Because you know, the home side got that little bit more to play for because they want to you know, impress their own fans. Um, so, yeah, I think as, you know, as long as we stay on, I think if we've got some youngsters on as well, I think the fans will stay with them a bit more, won't they? And a bit, be a bit more sort of interested in the game probably more than anything. <laughs> yeah, we didn't give any yeah. sit to the under-23s on mistakes we made. Yeah, so, and I think, like like um, Andy was saying there, if these kids play, you know, play a few of the kids on Saturday, and it, A, 
aids their development and allow, allows us maybe to look what pre-season. Are they going to be around the first team squad? Are we going to be getting them out on loan next year? Or you know, did they look out of place or not? So yeah, go for okay. it. Cool. And I'm going to go with my heart and certainly not my head with a four-one win. I think we'll be about to turn up and actually finish on a good note. Um, yeah, unrealistic, but why not? Uh, so, yeah, 4-1 for me. Um, cue, cue a load of criticism from Michael O'Neill <laughs> why he hasn't put these young kids in earlier. <laughs> well, you need to send him <laughs> oh. this link to his email, just that part of the pod of your team done. Um, anyway, so just before we move on to the quiz for a final section, uh, just wanted to make everyone aware this isn't the final pod of the season. We are having a wrap-up pod next week, and that will be the last one. So uh, just keep an eye out on the normal you know, Twitter, Facebook, etc., because we're going to basically come to you and have a few sections next week. So it's going to be you know, things like you know, your player of the season, flop of the season, goal of the season, etc. Um, so uh, obviously we want to get everyone's votes in to make sure you keep an eye out there um and that takes me nicely on to to the quiz dan which i believe you've said is a, a bit of a bit of down memory lane if i remember rightly well cast your mind back a few minutes to the uh 19 plus uh, coventry scoring 14 goals in injury time you know gaining 14 points okay so this season they've got six wins where they've scored the winning goal in injury time can you name me the last six goals, the last six injury time winners for Stoke? So there's three that were in the season where it started with Nathan Jones' manager and then Michael O'Neill took over. And there was three previous ones all under Mark Hughes. Well, I can come up with one. It's the 3-2 against Sheffield Wednesday, the two goals in added time. Ah uh, yes, lovely goal from Tyrese Campbell, and then the winner was scored by a scrappy Sam Vokes goal. Yes, fantastic. So there was two earlier that season. One was also under O'Neill, and one was under um, the Welsh Wizard. <laughs> <laughs> Not Tony Pulis. Um, this is you know. So was there was Swansea one of them? I could be going too far back. A few. It was like a three-two win or something, Swansea. It was. That's why he returned to his homeland and came with a, a last-minute goal. Can you remember who scored it? I've got Stephen Ireland, but it wasn't. No, it wasn't. No. Was it the other Irishman? Oh, can't remember. What? Who was it? Scott Hogan. Ah, uh, Scott Hogan. Yeah. Yes, it was. Yes. So, so who was in between though? Michael O'Neill's first home game. First away Ooh. game was against Barnsley, wasn't it? Barnsley, yes. yeah. And then yeah, the because he came in charge, and then it was like out of nowhere we won four 0 First home game after Barnes. We this should be in, in, engraved in our memory. First home game, it was one one. Last kick of the game. I can never remember oh, these God. things. Was it the Mame Brihamji's goal? That's all I'm coming through. He gave him a chance and then he just came up out of nowhere after coming off the bench. Yes, Juf came on, scored the winning goal, and then went off to Turkey. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, oh, um, oh no, I I might be getting wrong here. I've got Forrest in my head when we 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 knocked them out of. Yeah, obviously we beat them 4 0, so. So we, we, yeah. 
Yeah. We, we did score. Yeah. So that, that was a very good last minute goal because it knocked Forrest out of the playoffs. <laughs> and it's. Um, <laughs> that however, was a brilliant it wasn't game. the winning goal because we were already 3 0 up. 3 1 up, sorry. Doesn't count yeah. then. Okay. Uh, oh, Jesus. So it's okay. either the winning goal, the goal that gets us a draw. It's, it's got to be the winning goal, the goal that wins. It's had to win the game. Oh, okay. So we're so going back th- to Premier League days now. Yes, so these three are all wow. under. These three are all under Mark Hughes. Two of them, two of them are iconic Stoke games. Like all-time great Stoke games, let alone all-time. recent uh, good Stoke games. See, this is when around about when I started watching with the Bojan on out of it, Shakiri and Zonzi. Yeah, yeah, keep going. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so we just said there. Enzonzi, Bojan, Arnautovic, <sighs> Shakiri. Obviously, Shakiri would have done a lot. So, if you think of iconic Stoke games over the Premier League, who do you think? What games spring to mind? There's where we beat Man City, but I think Chief's goal was way too early for that. Yeah, way, way too early. Yeah, that was like first half, like 10 minutes, wasn't it? This is like topsy-turvy. Like, same. Think like Real Madrid-Man City first leg, that kind of game. <laughs> so it was like a 3-2 scoreline. Oh, no. oh, no, no, it wasn't a win. No, the buddy Glenn Whelan against Villa came to me, but it's no, no. that's... No. That was Tony Pulis as well, that Mark Yeah. You're going back, way yeah. too far back. God, my, you do come up with good ones here, Dan, you do. You come up with some good questions. Are, are you going to give up just purely so I can tell you? you can Everton! Yes. Shakiri <laughs> and Altovic, masterclass. Of course, yeah. Yes, that, that was the most recent Mark Hughes one. That was the, the oh, your, iconic... Wasn't that like 2015? Oh yeah. God! Shiki- you had Shakiri's little wonder goal, didn't you? A chip mm. which he did and, and didn't mean. Jocelyn scored, didn't he? Hugged the ref. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> he hugged the ref when he gave the penalty, didn't he? And Alfred scored a penalty and injured. And the ref didn't mind as well. It's, it's quite. Was it quite Klattenberg? Funny, yeah, it was. Klattenberg. It was yeah. Oh, of course, it was Klattenberg. <laughs> So, right, so you need the two oh. now, the, the fifth and sixth most recent. When one did Husey come in charge? One. It was like... It was another when... penalty, one of them was. Oh, um, both, these were both scored by players on loan. John Gadetti did nothing for us, but he wasn't there when Husey was in charge. I don't think you'll get this one, this this fifth one, so I'm going to tell you. Victor Moses scored a penalty, or he'd be Aston Villa 2-1. Wasn't that one where I had to guess, like, a few quizzes back about past players who'd scored. Yeah, yeah, and you guessed that was yeah, he's in that as well. But I can't do that now. Uh, no, so, the, so the one before that, it was a last-minute winner against a massive Premier League club. Man United. No. So that's two but, guesses gone. That's two strikes. But it was, it was, uh, it was a. Uh, I like I say one of the great goals. Of a tie of the Premier League, it was the great celebrations. Asaidi when he scored against Chelsea. Oh God, yeah. Yes, that's it the was one. December when you 10th. said when you said big team iconic celebration, Loney. The only thing you can think is when he just pile drived it from distance, cut inside, 
left, the right back for Ivanovic at right back, left him for dead, <laughs> waxed in the top corner. God. I the remember that. Mate. You can let it us on, on my that birthday. One, um, I'd gone out for some birthday parties where I hadn't been able to go to the game. Uh, gutted. I managed to get home for like the second half, pretty much, and then he goes and does that. But you're right. I remember he chucked his shirt off, and then yeah, um, the uh, Jose game. Mourinho uh, like tapped on the back or something to say well done or something, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, because obviously he was. Sort where of... he, where is Asaidi now? Nowhere, mate. Is the answer. He plays. Oh, he's retired. <laughs> anyway, Daniel. Cracking quiz again, mate. Um, are you going to do one for next week, or are we are we going to yeah, leave it there? Why not? End of season recap quiz. Oh yeah, so you have to have moments during this season, Dan. There's your topic, mate. It's got yeah. to be things so this I'll season you, that have happened. Yes, I'll ask you, like you know, like uh, what happened next, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yes. What there happened that we went three 0 up against Cardiff? <laughs> <laughs> how many minutes? How many minutes were between the three goals? Four minutes fifty eight seconds. <laughs> um, anyway, oh, you, do you want to go head to head next year? So I get some questions where you yeah. go head to head. That could go be a good one. We've not done head to head for a while. Go head to head then. Okay, because he's a waste of space. Um, anyways, <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm joking. Uh, so anyway, yeah, thanks for, for the quiz, mate. Much appreciated. Um, thanks to everyone who's been listening this season. As we've said, make sure you're back again next week, normal time for the final pod. Um, Daniel, Andrew, I shall see you at our meal on Saturday and obviously the football. And obviously the football, I was just about to mention it. Yeah, football's a side note for Saturday, let's be honest. Yeah, it's, it's um, the Kickstarter. It is, yes. Um, so... Oh, sorry, Dan, do you want to say something? I was just going to say, make sure everyone subscribes to the podcast as well, because over oh, the summer, there will be um, like maybe the odd special on that dropping in as well, interviews and all sorts. So, obviously, if you uh, it might bypass people if they're not subscribed. Yes, lovely. And a very good place uh, to leave it. So, thank you very much. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.